Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons, the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the roles don't matter. Oh. <laughs> the roles don't, don't matter. matter. <laughs> but the roles do matter, though. They do. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons adventure. I'm Paul, your Dungeon Master, and I'm joined, as usual, by my four friends. Hey guys, it's Jeremy, I play Lorik Darkbolt. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Sir Vance Off the Wall. I'm Alan, and I play Jim. Hi, I'm Red, and I finally have a mic stand. Nice! But who do you play? Oh, Kellen. There we go. So I don't want to belabor all the uh, usual banter. We want to get right back into it so that we don't hold you off any longer on finding out what happens this week. So I'm going to go ahead and roll this giant d20. That's a 15. Failure! Garbage. So last time we played, our adventurers finally made it to the Corrine, where they spoke with Elevanre Honorius himself at length concerning the grove, the tree, and the stone. After finally convincing him of the danger and importance of this mission, he agreed to help them reach the grove, but only if they would allow him to touch each of their minds in turn. This was done without hesitation for everyone, except Jim, of course, oh. who was concerned for how his own brand of magic might react to the Archdruid. What happened, Jim? Tell us what happened, Jim. Nothing at all. Huh, it's kind of mundane. Nothing at all? No big deal? But as Elevonre stepped into Jim's mind, he visited a vision of the very ritual that bound Jim to his patron, where it was revealed that his patron was none other than the goddess herself, Atonia. I told you gnomes were evil. Jim. <laughs> Me? <laughs> no reaction. No reaction. I'm just like, gnomes are evil. Kellen's like, man. I don't remember meeting Atonia. How could you not remember speaking with Atonia herself? Well... I mean, it's hard for me to describe what not remembering something is like, but think about it like this. You don't remember speaking to Atonia, right? Because you, you presumably never have. I mean, if you have, no, it's I, cool, but... I have spoken with Atonia in the past. I've never forgotten that. Okay, so... It's not the sort of thing that you forget, Jim. Have you spoken to Paylor? <laughs> no. So think about... I have. Think about it like this. You don't remember speaking to Paylor. That's similar to how I don't remember speaking to Atonia, except apparently I did. And that's the key difference between the two of us. I know we're like 34 episodes in, but can mm -hmm. I roll an insight check and see if Jim's on the up and up? Sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've done that. I feel like you have. Maybe not, but I feel like maybe. But roll one. I got a nat 20. I got a natural 20. <laughs> Are you serious? Where to the Lord. Did we just become best friends? Did we just become best friends? We did. So... With uh, my, all this room for activities, my deception. So since we both did natural twenty, <laughs> my deception that makes it a twenty-five. Not that I'm lying. Is he deceiving us about deceiving my us? My insight's a plus four. So let me do persuasion instead, because persuasion <laughs> is what I'm trying to do to persuade you that 
I'm being true. Mm. So that's also a 25. Sure. But wait, did you just try to use deception to deceive us about your persuasion? Exactly. I'm just, I'm really kind of shocked at what happened just now, just all of it. But, uh, Lorik, as far as Jim is concerned, you have no reason to believe that he's lying at this point. Oh, my gosh. But we just both got natural twice. Like, literally nothing. I mean, if anyone won, Jim won. But I'm kind of saying no one won, really. Oh, I hear you. I know that Jim kind of won. But, Alan, I now know that you rolled a deception check. Or persuasion. You're saying that... You have no memory of this scene that I just saw in your mind. No, I have a memory of it, but in my memory it was like like this weird dark figure and it was all like oily and like whispery. That is very strange. Also oily. Is Atonia deceptive? Does she like to wipe people's minds? Atonia is... Um... Elevonry seems like the sort of man who rarely is at a loss for words. But when it comes to describing Atonia, he pauses for a moment, scratches his chin. Atonia is wondrous and good, but she is also somewhat, I don't know how you, mischievous maybe is the word for it. I'm not sure. Lorik <laughs> gives a raised eyebrow glance at surveillance. Mischievous. I believe you meant to say. So, mm. is it possible that we are both being deceived? That I saw oily black tentacle whispers, and you saw hot elven goddess, and there's something else that's making us both see the wrong thing? Please, do not speak in such crass <laughs> terms when referring to our goddess. She is deserving of respect, at the least. You said her skin was red, right? That's what I was... No. No? You didn't say that? I believe the word that the dungeon master used in describing it was coffee-colored skin. Coffee. Mm. Why am I thinking... Coffee's hot. Coffee's hot. Boom. There you go. <laughs> I was thinking about the Eladrin and how, like, oh, yes. Yes. In, in Morden Caden Tome of Foam of Toes, the Eladrin have different colors. Yeah, you almost, you almost said it wrong. You had to correct yourself to make sure that you said it incorrectly. There. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, tome, oh, I'm sorry, foam, foam of toes. My bad. That was backward. Okay. Um, I suppose it's possible, but it was like I could feel her power in a way that I've not felt for quite some time. Hmm. Maybe it was her, but why would she make me see weird tentacle whispers? Jim, I can't say for sure what exactly it is that's going on here, but I believe it is certain that you must get to the bottom of this mystery. Believe me, I've been trying for a long time. You want to read my journal? No, you can't. Sorry, it's secret. And I don't mean it's secret Whoa. in the sense that you can't read it. It's it's written in my own shorthand, so you literally can't read it. But I can read it to you <laughs> if you like. Perhaps one day, but my concern, the whole purpose of me entering into your mind was to ensure that this party is capable not only of going into the grove, but of having the right intentions. And after our conversation here, I am more uncertain, if anything. But Atonia, she's she's my patron, apparently. Wouldn't you let a patron, or not a patron, but the, the other, a patronee, patronizer of Atonia into the grove? 
Right, but you you claim that perhaps this is a falsehood and a deception. If it is a deception, then that is quite troubling. Yes, I agree. But, I mean, that would be a deception against me, not just me deceiving you. I am deceived too, and maybe there's answers in the grove. <sighs> One of the two of us have been deceived, that much is certain. And you claim that Atonia can sometimes have... I don't want to ascribe something so negative as deception to her, but mischievous ways. Lork's eyes are, like, so <laughs> wide. Why are Lork's eyes wide? Like, he just keeps glancing back and forth between the two of them, and eventually, like, this conversation goes out, and he just, like, he bursts out, and he's like, Jim, you're probably the one that's going to steal the stone. I don't know that I can take you with us anymore. Why would I steal the stone? I just, I just want to find answers. I don't understand what's going on. I don't either. He says you've seen Atonia. You say you haven't seen Atonia. I'm confused. I haven't seen Atonia to my knowledge, but apparently Atonia has seen me. Has seen you, Atonia, a goddess. Yeah, just like Paylor. Hasn't Servance talked to Paylor or something? Elevonre mm. looks at Servance. Maybe. You have spoken with Paylor. Not just prayers, but actually spoken with him. You've seen him. No. Well, what I'm speaking of, what I've seen in Jim's thoughts, was our goddess, Otonia, standing over him with her hand on his shoulder. That is quite different. Jim, or, uh, why don't you roll me a persuasion check? Uh, you said performance? Persuasion? Perception? Persuasion would be a 19. So persuasion is a 19? A 19. 14 plus 5. That's how you math. If you are all to be believed that this mission is quite urgent and something is headed toward the grove, something nefarious, then I believe that there is no more time for waiting. That's what I'm saying. Let's go. So I will leave it to the rest of you. He turns, looking at Cervantes. Lorik, Kellen, and Guy. And Poldo is standing there and he says, Me? And Elevonre <laughs> says, Who is this halfling? Uh, this is this is my friend Poldo. I just rescued him. I'm going to take him back to his home. He's going to help us save the tree. Um, he is going with you into the grove. No, he's not going with us into the grove. Can he wait here with you? Uh, there's this lady in town who wants to like murder him and us, and I just don't think it'd be very nice if I let them get off and get murdered. Sure. I mean... We don't really have time to deal with all this. Sure. Um, Poldo, why don't you go and sit with Nina? Poldo says, okay, sounds good. And he turns around and walks back into the area where you all were sleeping slash eating. Bye, Poldo. He will be here when you return. The four of you must decide what to do with your compatriot here. If you would like him to go with you into the grove, then I will trust your better judgment. If you believe that he should stay, then it is you all that are most at risk. I suggest that you decide quickly, and there is much preparation that must be done before I can send you to the grove. So why don't you follow Paldo in there with Nina? She will equip you with a few things to help you on your journey, and you five can... Discuss amongst yourselves what you believe that you should do. He turns on his heel and walks toward the dais in the center 
where Nephiel is still levitating cross-legged, maintaining the force field. Thank you, Gregorio Cortez. The parents of the spy kids. <laughs> so Vance, I don't I just don't understand what to do. Um, Jim, I mean, you've come a long way with this. I just I don't know what it's a lot of risk. Yes, and I'll take full responsibility of whatever Atonia uses to do with me. But I mean, why would Atonia want to harm her own grove? I don't think she does. I think she's wanting us to go there and save it. But what if this is some sick prank? By whom? What if Atonia is actually evil? Yeah. Surely not. I mean, the gods are good, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> the thing that I don't understand is... I mean, I just kind of always believed. And I've never been a particularly, I guess, religious person growing up. I mean, we went to the temple, but it's not like I signed up to be a paladin like Cervantes or anything like that. I, I don't think I could have ever done it, but I've always just assumed that Paylor brought the five of us together for this. And Charlie, of course, he says, and pats Charlie on the head, and Charlie's... I want to use speak to animals. I want to ask Charlie what he thinks about Jim. Okay. I'll be like, Charlie, what do you think of all this? Do you think we should let Jim go with us to the Grove, or even with all that? I don't... What do you think? With all of what? Oh, that's right. Okay, so can I just say what I say to him of what just happened? You want to just relay it. Yeah, you don't have to actually say it. Yeah, that. that's what I was saying. So what do you think, Charlie? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. I like Jim. He smells nice most of the time. Hmm. He usually throws me some scraps from time to time. Always. So I like Jim. He's part of our pack. I think that Jim should go. All right, guys. So Charlie said that he thinks Jim should go. He likes Jim. He thinks he smells nice and thinks he's part of our, our pack. So he, he thinks that he should go with us. So that's that's one for Jim. Charlie walks over and sniffs Jim. Is this Survivor? I pet Charlie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Lorik is still glancing. I'm going to use speak with Paylor. To ask Paylor what he thinks about it. <laughs> Lork's going to uh, use whole person on Jim. No. <laughs> well, I, for one, support it, Jim. Jim says. So, Vance, can I talk to you alone for a second? Uh, sure. <laughs> oh, gosh. We walk up out of earshot. What is it? So, I don't I don't understand why Paylor sent us in the first place to go save Atonia's tree. It might be that Paylor has an idea about what's going on more than what Atonia does, maybe? I mean, Jim can go. I don't I don't know how dangerous the situation is that we're going into. We might need the help, you know? But maybe it's just that we walk, like, behind him. And if something happens, we just handle it. You mean ahead and behind? Yes. You don't want him getting there first if he is... Well, I mean, I'll go first, but then you can... Stand behind him, yeah? Of course. Okay. We'll stand behind you walking backwards. <laughs> that that might even be the better idea. Oh, okay. And he, like, pats surveillance and pats. walks back. Uh, I am going to pray to Paylor. So, uh, Jim, um, here's the deal. I just, uh, I'm a little worried about it, but I think, I think everybody's right. I think, I think you're, you're one of us. 
one of us no um that you should go with us all right well let's go destroy that i mean let's go save that tree (laughs) that's not funny (laughs) i'm kidding guys i'm hilarious all right so i'm against jim going into the tree kellen's against it yeah you say just now that you know that everyone else is for it you're just going to be the one that's against it kellen likes to be different so i see i kick kellen in the face (laughs) no i don't do that i say kellen your own bear is for it yeah but charlie is misguided i think you're misguided but that's okay we're all a little misguided so i guess jim is going with us then yeah i'm for it kellen you just said you were against it yeah but i was misguided that's what jim told me so i've got to say i'm for it now (sighs) Okay, all right. He said that Nina's going to help us out with maybe some provisions or something? Yeah, sweet. Ooh, does she have any Limbus to send our way? She got any turkey? Limbus? Limbus bread. Mm. I don't know what that is, but let's go see what she's got. So you all go into the kitchen area, and you see Nina standing there. Paldo has pulled up a chair to a little counter there, and she's got some more bread and cheese and a lot of basically the leftovers of what you all had for supper the night before, turkey, all kinds of different types of foods. And Paldo has a mouthful of turkey leg. He says, oh, I see you guys are coming to get some more food. Yeah, you know it. Paldo, did you save me a leg? There's some, I think there's more. Uh, I really, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, pretty sure there's more. Wait, who's Paldo, Jim says. My friend Paldo over there. Oh, yeah, Paldo. Sorry, sometimes I forget things. Like like Atonia, apparently. I rescued him from the place that we exploded. Atonia. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, you're really not helping. You're, you're really making me nervous, man. No, no, I'm just saying. I do forget things. I didn't forget Paldo, though. Who can forget this lovable scamp? You, like, pat his head or something? Rub his head? No, I don't. I don't touch hobbits. Good boy. <laughs> Just Please. kidding. Wow. Just kidding. Something uh, about that those hairy feet, you know? Yeah, it's gross. I mean, do they have fleas up in there? Nina speaks up. She says, "So the archdruid tells me that you all will be leaving for a journey soon." Yes. Yes, we will. We're going to save the tree. We're going to save the tree. It's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to be amazing. Oh, is that the tree that you were asking me about earlier? Yeah. I've been asked to maybe help you all with some provisions, some things for your journey, if um, you'd yep. like to follow me. If you have any magic items, I will take your most powerful one. Um, oh, well. Guy really needs a wand, if you could help us with that. Actually, I I bought a wand. You did what? Yeah, from that Willow's Wands, while you guys were interrogating that kid about... By the way, Lorik, did you cast hold person on like an eight-year-old kid? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I, I cast hold person on a uh, thief. Uh, No, I'm talking about a little boy. Couldn't have been more than eight years old. Mm-hmm. He was not a thief. He was not trying to steal from you. He was just a totally normal kid. Really? I thought he was with those other halflings. He looks around. Am I wrong here? Wasn't he just? No, that was that was a normal kid. It seems like uh, maybe we should be asking if Loric should go to the tree. Huh? <laughs> Got him. What? I mean, yeah, 
But don't worry, I, I helped him out. I I showed him a dancing goblin and he laughed or something. I don't remember. No, Jim. That was that was that was crying. That was not laughter. I thought I thought he was trying to steal my magic items. Yeah, you need to chill about these magical items, man. Yeah. Eventually you're gonna end up in prison. There might be a warrant out for you or something. We did talk with someone from the Protectors Guild. A warrant? She wants to speak with you. And I know we can't deal with that right now. We have to do this. But when we get back, you know, you should probably check in on that. Maybe some jail time involved. I can't go to jail. Oh, crap. I was supposed to go meet that one dude about my armor. Yep. You need some armor, Kellen, says Nina. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had some dude said he would make me a pair of armor. And then he said to bring proof that I was, you know, Elvonry was my granddad. But, you know. Well, why would that matter? I don't know. I, he said that he would make me a free set or something like that. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Just You all just follow me. And she exits through the back and takes you all down a hallway if you follow. Yeah, let's follow. All right, I'll follow. Yeah. Absolutely. I grab some cheese and bread and a turkey leg because I'm hungry. Mark's got a turkey leg. She leads you all down the hallway and she takes you to a small room. And inside there are... Some casks and shelves and things. She says, we don't have a lot in stock right now, but we typically keep at least a few health potions on hand for some of our druids and, and rangers that are going out. Just You never know when you're going to run into trouble, so we like to keep a few. Um, I, I believe we could probably spare perhaps one potion of healing each and maybe one greater potion of healing each. Sweet. I'll take one. I, I'll take all, all of them. I'll take one. No, no, Laura. <laughs> you can't have all of them, but you can have one of each of these if you'd like. Uh, yes. All right. Here. These are for you all. I hope that they help you in your journey. Sir Vance, don't you have some retainers that aren't here that need some potions? No. What? He's lying, ma'am. He's a terrible person. I was kidding. I just think that <laughs> if there's more, we might need them. I don't know what kind of situation we're going into. I'm sorry, these these are really about all that we have. And she's not joking. There are a couple more, but, you know, you would be depleting her entire store right now if you were to take them. I mean, we're trying to save the canopy. Yes, but, you know, we. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I can only give you what I'm allowed. It's totally fine, Nina. And trust me, this will be plenty. And I, like, I start to push him back. Yeah, don't listen to the elf. Lork lets Kellen push him back. If you all would like to return to the... Dining area. Kellen, if you'd like to follow me, there is one more thing that your grandfather wanted me to, to give you before you leave. Okay, cool. So do you, you all return to the dining area? No. Ha! Yes, I do. <laughs> of course. Okay. Yeah. So you all go back in there, and there's still plenty of food out. Paulo's eating, and you all can eat or sit down, have a rest, whatever. Kellen, you and Charlie follow Nina she leads you down the hallway a little piece, and you come to another doorway. It's a slightly larger doorway. She opens it, and inside, it looks like someone's living quarters. You're in a sort of den, like a sitting room. Okay. She walks through there. There are a couple more doors around. She says, this is the Archdruid's living quarters. He requested that I give this to you personally. He, he would have done it, but of course, he, he's currently making preparations for your journey. Okay. What is it? She leads you over to a small doorway. She opens it, and inside, there are a number of these 
not full mannequins, you know, just like the sort of half mannequins that are just like for a shirt or something like that. Yeah. It's like that, but there are different sized ones. And there is one that looks like it has been recently modified and it is around your size. I walk up to the one that's not my size. <laughs> oh, no, that's <laughs> that that's that's not for you, Kellen. Actually, this one, she says, motioning to a smaller mannequin there that's around gnome size. She says, this is actually a special armor that we typically only reserve for members of the Leaf Guard. Oh, cool. Those are, of course, you know, our most powerful druids. Those that The have, top rangers and druids, yeah. Yes, they have sworn service to... Fallen Grove to our to our goals and our purpose in serving Atonia. And these are actually enchanted. So so am I becoming part of the Leaf Guard? Actually, Kellen, that's kind of up to you. Uh, seriously? But it, I've always dreamed about this when I was a little kid. My mom talked about it all the time. That is awesome. He's a Power Ranger. <laughs> exactly. Go, go, Power Rangers. Well, Kellen, that that's your choice. But for now. The Archdruid is gifting this armor to you. We don't currently have anyone that would take this armor particularly, and um, it has been modified to your size per the Archdruid's instructions. Would you like to try it on? Yes, yes, yes. Here, I'll, I'll step outside so you can change. That poor armor merchant. <laughs> she steps outside, and you're... Yeah, I instantly put this thing on. I mean, like... So it's not leather. It's actually, like, layers of those same translucent leaves that are used to cover the Corrine itself, those ones that are basically like windows that are around the building outside. Yeah. They've taken that same material. So can you see my body? No, they've taken that same material oh, okay. and it's like stacked. It's like uh, layers of it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so layers. it's not metal. That have been woven together. And as you turn the armor in the light, it changes colors depending on the brightness of the light and sort of the angle that it hits because of those different layers of the different colored leaves. You know, it's yellow, red, orange, even some pale greens and burgundy. And on the chest is stitched the symbol of Atonia, the same one that you've seen, the one that the canopy is built after. And it's even lighter than leather. That's so sick. All right. All right. So, like, I slipped this thing on. Okay. What does it do? You step outside, and she says... It looks like it fits you perfectly, Kellen. It feels amazing. This is cool. She walks up and she places a hand on your shoulder and then she drives a dagger into your stomach. Okay. But it doesn't pierce the armor. Oh my gosh. Oh, I was like, are you freaking serious right uh, now? Honestly? I like gas. I legit gas. I look up at her and I just kind of like give this like surprise face and then whoa you got me there all right cool <laughs> works good uh, works good Kellen. that's pretty cool all right <laughs> and then the blood starts coming out this armor is actually enchanted whenever you're going to be attacked and it is impacted it hardens upon impact that's is this cool. a black panther this is so cool <laughs> no it doesn't like absorb energy and then release it oh man but you can't penetrate it you can penetrate it. She wasn't like, it wasn't a, you know, hardcore attack. We'll say that it was just one under his AC would have been before this, right? You see what I'm saying? It can be penetrated by a weapon attack. Yeah. The same way that chainmail can be penetrated by a weapon attack. Okay, but what's the special enchantment D&D-wise? So 
you can go ahead and search for this on your character sheet. Uh, created a custom item. It's called the Leaf Guard Armor. So Okay. So this armor is a plus one set of armor. So it's going to go ahead and add a plus one to your AC. Also, if you're in forest-like terrain of any kind, you have advantage on stealth checks. Dude. Wow. So there you go. We should probably go and rejoin your friends. Yeah. Also, yeah. sorry about that whole dagger thing. I have a flair for the dramatic. No, it's all right. It's all right. I feel the same way. But also, you should, you know, maybe be slightly less trusting. You know, you're totally right. And then she stabs you in the back. And then she stabs you again. <laughs> she just stabs Oh, I was going to say, I said you're totally right, and I go to stab her in the stomach. <laughs> no, I'm just okay. You all head back into the kitchen area, or what have you, the dining area. Everyone's sitting there. Are the rest of you eating? What are you doing? How big is this room? How big is this building? I mean, the building. How high are the ceilings in this place? The building is quite large, but the room you're in, the ceilings are not that high. It's like normal ceilings. Now, out in the main chamber, the ceilings are very high. So, are you all eating? I am writing in my notebook. Eating. Kellen, you step into the room, and Guy says, Wow, Kellen, that is some really nice armor. Yeah, man. Thanks. I joined the Leaf Guard. I'm super cool now. The Leaf Guard. Is that magic armor? No, it's not. It is. I'm going to roll a deception okay. check. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Nina says, Kellen, it, it, is, it is magic armor. Did, it's that? not, Nina. Lorik stands up. I roll a deception check. Okay, roll it. <laughs> With disadvantage. With disadvantage? Okay, well, that's a 19. Okay. On. That's a natural 20. Oh, wow. You roll what? What's your deception? My deception's a plus two anyways, so it's a 19 and a 20. Nina says it's not magic. But it is, Nina. It's or it's not magic armor. <laughs> All right. It isn't. Wh- whatever. It, it, it's okay. And I kind of like wink at her. Okay. She gives you a wink. Uh, excuse me. Did you just say that was magic armor? Wow, Kellen, that's some nice non-magical armor. <laughs> yeah, and I wink at Servance. <laughs> uh, Where can I? Servance gets it. I could. I could use some armor. You can't wear armor. But you're a wizard. Wizards don't wear armor. I, I could use some robes of not dying. There is no... Do you happen to have any magic samurai armor? Sir <laughs> <laughs> Vance, we've been through this. No. No, we we don't. But Darn. Lord I mean, gives up and starts playing with his Wand of Wonders. Around that time, Elevonre steps back into the room... I'd be like, Granddad, you made me part of the Leaf Guard. This is awesome. Oh, yes, Kellen. Well, we can discuss that when you return. Hopefully this armor will serve you as it has our guard for many centuries. Yes. Now I just slowly back away. So our preparations have almost completed. But before, before I send you all there and show you the location, I should give you some information regarding this place. What is it that you know so far? So there's a grove, and light comes out of it, and there's a stone in a tree, and I have no idea what the stone is. What is the stone? I honestly can't tell you. I'd heard of a stone, but here's what I know. This tree is there to protect something. To protect something? This stone, I suppose. I never knew before exactly what it was, just that it was something of great importance to the gods. 
but it would appear that this stone is the central thing. And all that I know is that it would be most terrible for the world if this power, if this thing were to be taken. Uh, okay. Um, do you know what the grove is actually called? Or the tree? Well, it doesn't exactly have a name, but the grove is as good as anything at this point. You see, this grove, it exists in a place that is, in a way, it's it's not on Manumi. It is between Wait. worlds. It's not on Manumi. Is it in the Forgotten Realms? It does not reside on this plane. Is it an Eberron? Only one with knowledge granted from Atonia herself could open a door to this place. Yet still, even if one could find their way into Atonia's secret place, this, this plane, and then locate the grove, any attempt to enter its borders would be suicide. That is, without this. He brings his hand forward, and with a flip of his wrist, he summons into the air this talisman. It's floating just a few inches off of his palm. It's a golden totem in the shape of the insignia of Atonia. Each branch on the triquetra, the symbol that it's built from, is a different color of gold. The lost side is a bright gold, the ered side is an orange gold, and the salt side is a deep reddish rose gold. This talisman will grant you passage beyond the guardian of this grove. The guardian? Yes. Can I have it? No. Yes, you, I'm going to give it to you. This guardian, he's an ancient being created by Atonia for the sole purpose of guarding the entrance to this grove. He is an incredibly powerful and dangerous creature, but only to those who pose a threat to the grove. When you see him, offer him this and he will grant you entry. He steps forward and reaches it out to you, Lorik. Uh, Lorik takes one hand and... Like wants to, he wants to like put his hand between where it's floating between Elevonres and the totem itself. As you reach forward, he pulls his hand back just a little bit, and he says, "This is something that, to my knowledge, has never happened since the beginning. Me granting you this, me opening this door for you. Um, th thank you. This is." Uh it's kind of terrifying, but we need we need to help. Sorrents grabs it. Sorrents <laughs> just dives across the room. And runs. I hope that you understand the gravity of what you're about to do. And then he stretches his hand towards you again. Lorik reaches for it. You reach for it, and it floats over onto your palm. And when it does, it rests in your hand. And it is warm to the touch. Uh, thank you, Sage. I will, I will guard it with my life. If you have any questions, now is the time. I have a lot of questions. Okay, so, uh, for druids, how does the weave work? Like, is it magic that, like, flows through the, Not those questions, the cosmos? Lorik. If you have any pertinent questions, Lorik. Oh, um, okay. So, aside from the guardian, 
How difficult is it to get into this grove? I have never been myself, but this place where you are headed, there are many beings that do not exist in our world. They are different. They have a sort of fey nature to them, you might say. Even being in this place for very long could have unpredictable effects on the mind of mortals. My advice for you would be reach the tree and accomplish your goals as quickly as you can. How many days' journey is it from here to the grove? I can't say. I, I don't know. You understand, I am about to send you to this plane. Oh, so you're going to give us a magical portal. In a way, the problem is I, I know of no way for us to reach one another once you are there. Not even with ascending? You can try. What about with magic? <laughs> I'm going to wait, and at this hour, he says, and right now it's somewhere around 10. It's, it's, you know, it's nightfall, a little after. At this hour each day, in the morning and in the evening... I will open the gate for a few moments, for less than a minute. And if you do not exit through the gate, I will close it. Okay. I will continue to do this for days. Hopefully, everything will be fine. I mean, I hope you do it more than just days. I hope you do it a lot. We don't know how long we'll be in there. I will not cease. I believe if things do go south, as they say, then there's a chance that the rest of us will know quite immediately. That's very true. So what are the odds that the whole world ends very soon? I don't expect that the world would end simply that, well, the gods, they have kept a hands-off approach with the free people of Manumi now for millennia. From what we understand, they felt as though their meddlings would simply cause more problems than they would solutions. But if anything could cause the gods to want to step in, it would be this. Why this? I don't know specifically. All I can say is that whatever this thing is, it is something that the gods fear. This stone. Wait. Mm. So you're saying there's an item in there, powerful enough to kill a god? No, I'm not saying that. I do not know. I'm saying that whatever it is, it is something so important that the gods would expend this much trouble keeping it secret for millennia. And now you are about to go and try to protect it. Let's hope that you are not late. And with that, he turns and he says, come, it's time. Kellen sits still. Lorik grasps the totem a little tighter mm -hmm. and takes a few steps following Elevonre, and then he turns back at the party, and he, um, uh, guys, we're, we're really about to do this. Are you sure you want to go? Well, I have to go, so. Nope, I'm done, and I walk away. <laughs> no, I, thanks, Sir Vance. Helen? Harley? Um, I'm a little nervous. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there's been plenty of times in my life that you know, people have relied on me and stuff like that, but to say a whole world relies on what I do with y'all, that, that definitely, it's not an easy thing to swallow. You know what I'm saying? 
um, guy? Honestly, I, you know, I feel like I was brought into this for a reason, but maybe, maybe I've already fulfilled that. Maybe I shouldn't go. Nah, man, you're going. <laughs> it's already been determined, guy. We have needed you this trip. This trip would not have been successful without you, guy. And I'm afraid that if we don't all step through this portal or whatever it is, then it won't work. It has to be all of us. All of Guy's natural 20s. We need all of them. Fingers crossed. Um. Well, uh, even if we go reluctantly or go with fear, um, I just want to say that if if we don't make it out of this, um, thank you. Thank you for... Um, Teaching me what it's like out outside of Vent Haven, and um, yeah, let's let's go. And he turns around. Thank you for being a friend. Cohen is still hesitant. Okay, Lorik, you walk out. Servants, you follow him. Yep. And Jim, I follow, but look back at Kellen. Like, coming. Guy sort of stutter steps and looks back as well. Kellen, if I'm if I have to do this, then you have to do this too. I know, but I understand that this is you know this is a big thing, and I guess I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I guess I'll go. It's just okay. We we need you, Kellen. Okay. Hopefully we won't die, he says, and turns around and walks out the door. Yeah. I'd rather not die either. Uh, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> Jim. Guy says, shaking his head. I'm just saying, maybe all the answers that I've sought all my life are there, beyond the veil, on the other side. I'm sure you'll find out sometime. Yeah. You're all approaching the center of the Corrine. There's a dais there, still humming with power as Nephi is levitating over it, his legs crossed, his elbows out, powering the force field that's currently protecting the canopy. Lorik's in the front with Servants just on his heel. Jim and Guy are walking not far behind him, Kellen and Charlie bringing up the rear. As you approach, Elevonre looks up, his eyes were closed in concentration, and he says... As I open this doorway, you will all need to enter one at a time. I can't open it large enough for the whole group, so you will go one at a time. Are you ready? No. I mean, yes. I will have to cease Nephiel's protection of the city for a time. I'm afraid I can't summon the amount of energy that it would require to open this portal while I'm also empowering this, uh, this force field, so... He steps over to Nephiel. He just reaches up and taps him on the shoulder with two fingers. And Nephiel just lowers down to the seat and then goes limp. His head lolls over onto his chest. He says, now, Elevonre begins to speak this incantation in a strange tongue, something none of you really understand. As he reaches down toward his waist and he draws a short blade, probably about a foot and a half in length, including the handle. It has a wide leaf-shaped blade. Taking this blade in his right hand, he cuts a triangular doorway in the air. And as he slices Ooh. through the air, these bright lines of white light form in the path of the cuts. 
As the third connects to the first two, an explosion of cold white light bursts outward into the room, along with this ear-battering hum. Elevonre turns back to you now that this white doorway is open, and he yells to the group as the hum gets even louder. Enter now, my friends. May Atonia bless your efforts, and Paylor light your path. Lorik takes one look at him, nods, and without looking back, steps through. I'll jump through right after. As soon as he moves, I just jump in. Guy follows right after Sir Vance. Here we go. Cowabunga. I saunter through. You saunter through, Jim. Kellen, you step up to go through the door? Yep. And I'm I'm shaking. I mean, full on nervous. He's triggered. Wreck. <laughs> Kellen, as you step toward, are you on Charlie? Is he walking beside you? Yeah, he's walking beside me. You step forward, and right as you're about to step through the doorway, a resounding boom rocks across the walls of the Corrine. Elevandre looks up, and you can see dust and debris starting to fall around the room, and he looks down at you, and he says, Go, now, Kellen. But wait. He grabs you by the shoulder and pushes you in. No, no. And Charlie runs in behind you, and you hear, just as you pass through the light, an ear-piercing roar. Jim says to everyone, uh, you think it'll be okay with him having that thing, the barrier down after that thing was out there a few days ago? (laughs) (laughs) And that's where we're going to end this episode. That's where we're going to end this episode. Why would you do that? I knew it. I'm a jerk. Called it. Blame all these guys for taking too long with all the RP. You know, we're we're at the time. We've got to just... Whatever. We've got to cut it right here. So that's what we're going to do. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it. And we hope that you're ready for the final chapter of season one. Is that next? What? Yo! Not necessarily like (laughs) the next episode. No, the chapter. You know, chapter. Yes, chapter. Not episode. Hey, if you like what you've heard... You know how you can help us out? By writing us a five-star review. By telling a friend. By tweeting about our show. You can follow us on Twitter at MBH Podcast. We really appreciate all that you guys are doing. We just hit 30,000 downloads last weekend. It was incredible. And you all are just amazing. Thank 30, you. 30,000 downloads. Woo-woo. That's a lot of That's downloads. Awesome. That is awesome. Before we go, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. We often give a shout-out to BattleBards.com on the show for all of their great tabletop sound effects and music. You know, ones like this and these. And some of this right here. You know the ones. If you're interested in using some of these crazy sound effects or some of the beautiful music that BattleBards can provide for your game, you should go right now to BattleBards.com. They've begun a subscription service called BattleBards Prime, which gives you access to hundreds of tracks that are incredible for your table. In fact, if you go right now and use the coupon code MBHPODCAST, you can get 15% off your BattleBards Prime subscription. So go right now and use the code MBHPODCAST to start using fantastic audio today with 15% off. 
and it'll also help us out. We promise you won't be disappointed. If you'd like, you can also send us a letter at makebelieveheroespodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll probably end up reading some of those and giving you all some shout-outs in a future, hopefully soon, bonus episode. Mailbags. But in the meantime, enjoy this one. Just go back, listen to it again, and wait for next week. We love you. We love so you. much. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Love you. And you're fabulous, darling. Bye.